Namaste. My name is Callie Klug and I am a yoga teacher and Reiki practitioner in Orange County and I am very passionate about healing. This is the Your Own Medicine podcast, so welcome. Here we explore the countless modalities to healing through authentic chats and honest interactions. So let's discover how to be your own medicine. To easily integrate daily wellness, yoga, meditation, and breathwork into your routine, check out my Yoga Island virtual yoga studio and community online. I have more than 60 recorded videos of yoga and meditation content on there. The goal is to make it really easy and doable for you to weave these ancient and effective and powerful practices into your daily routine to effectively change how you feel about yourself, your life, make you feel more empowered, more at peace in your physical body. So check it out. It's only $5.50 a month. Give it a try. Namaste. Hi, Genevieve. How are you today? Peace, Kylie. I'm doing awesome. Good. Thanks for joining me. So let's just get right into it. So who are you? What do you do? And where are you located? I am Genevieve Jen. I am located in Northern Virginia. And what do I do? A myriad of things. I'm a Kundalini yoga and meditation teacher. First and foremost, I also teach restorative yoga and I also work a part-time job at a horse stable just helping caring for the animals and I've also just begun to incorporate that into my own uh, yoga and nature retreats known as prana and ponies and actually I just finished of my first full week prana and ponies retreats so that's what I do. <laughs> How was that? Because I saw I that looked amazing. The yeah, place. it was. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a full Sunday through Friday event in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. It's closer to Massena Inn, and I had four participants, and they were all women, and they were all ready to really just disconnect from the modern world and reconnect to our natural world and to the nature that is who we are. Yeah, it was great. We did yoga every day. Everyone got two personal pony sessions at my partner, Caitlin. She facilitates the horse sessions, which are all on the ground. So when you go to a horse session, you're in the arena with the horse and you're tuning into the subtleties of yourself. And as you're doing that, you're also tuning into the subtleties of the horse. The horse really connects with you when you're connected to yourself. This is like a very intimate experience that I think everyone should have a chance to experience. And yeah, it was restful. I will say for me, it was not restful. I'm like still recovering. (laughs) Just because you were teaching the whole time? teaching and holding space and uh, settling people to and from uh, the resort where we stayed to the barn where we did all of the horsework at and yeah it took a lot out of me as a facilitator so a lot of what I will do different next time is if I do a six-day retreat I'll have one day where everyone is just off doing their own thing, resting, relaxing, like no planned activities, I think is probably the way to go. But I'm thankful regardless. Everyone had a great time and it was very successful and it was just really nice hearing at the end because I think during it, you don't really realize what the students are encountering inside themselves and outside themselves until we had our reflection period. And I think what struck me the most were just hearing the comments of I didn't feel judged at all like a lot of my participants just kind of did whatever they wanted and I wasn't there to like wake them up and say get to yoga or anything it was like one participant the whole day she was just 
in her room doing her and didn't really come downstairs until 6 p.m. And yeah, that's that's really the vibe that I want to give everyone, whether it's in my class or on a retreat, is just like you're free to do you and what you feel called to do is what you should be doing. So a hundred percent success. <laughs> that's so good. I think yeah. that's really cool that you're able to create that space for people where someone can actually stay in their room all day and take the rest they need or do whatever. Because I feel like most people on a retreat would probably not feel comfortable doing that because they're like, oh, well, I'm missing out on stuff, da, da, da. But sometimes I just went to a, it was a four-day yoga festival. And I, one of the days I did one workshop and then I literally slept for the rest of the day because I needed to sleep. And I felt kind of like, oh, am I missing out? But to create a space where someone's able to take the whole day and not feel judged is awesome. Yeah, and I think like moments like that can really uh, transfer outside of retreat world because it's like, oh, if I can do this when, I mean, there was no pressure to show up, but also there's never pressure for us to show up. So yeah, bless you, Kylie, for listening to yourself because then you can listen to yourself in any environment, really. Right, right. It's like a little capsule bubble for real life, the retreats. That is cool. That is a long retreat. I could see how you'd be really tired. Six days is is a long time to be on for that long. But that sounds so beautiful. And I love how you incorporated the horses. So you said something about the horses tune into your energy when you're tuned into your energy. So how does yeah. that connect to yoga and just kundalini and energy? Yeah. How does it connect to Kundalini? Hmm. Well, awareness is key. I'd say that, well, it even kind of comes into like, how did I come to Kundalini or how, why do I continue to practice Kundalini? Why is Kundalini my practice of choice? Is that I don't think I, um, I don't think I truly connected to me and my full essence until I had like a breakthrough experience in kundalini like my first kundalini class was so out there that I was like this is so wild I have to know more just like squatting over and holding your heels and moving your head left and right do you want to take one second to explain (laughs) what kundalini is for people listening who have never heard of or are not really sure (laughs) just just before we get because yes there's totally some some interesting uh whatever you call it combos yeah yeah so kundalini is kundalini yoga is known as the yoga of awareness and it is known as one of the most comprehensive yogas in that it combines uh, mudra, your hand posture, mantra, chanting, or your voice, uh, pranayama, your breath, kriya, which is like a set sequence of um, calisthenic exercise, movement, asana, posture, uh, relaxation, and meditation. You get all of that in one class, and it can be quite the experience I sometimes replace the you and the I in kundalini to be kind of loony because it is kind of loony that yoga like yeah my first class I was like squatted over holding my heels my tongue was out we were turning our head left to right and it was just like so much pressure physically but also mentally like I didn't know anybody in the classroom so it didn't feel like the biggest ego hit but it took an ego hit for me in that like just trying to keep up with myself and like what I was experiencing in that moment was just beyond anything I had experienced in any type of like Hatha class like I feel like Hatha you're just kind of following the leader per se and in kundalini everything is timed so you're doing anything for 26 or 52 reps or you're doing something for three minutes or seven minutes and it's just you 
venue and the, the teacher is really just there to hold the space and give pointers as needed but even I think the greatest Kundalini teachers don't really give you a whole lot of pointers they're just truly there to hold the space of the room and be quiet and let you experience you and yeah, I think it relates to the horses, the equine portion of Prana and Ponies in that when I first got in the ring with the horses, I didn't know what to expect. And when I first sat down with Caitlin, Caitlin said, now just tune in to how you're feeling. And so that's what I thought I was doing. And then I got really attached to the horse. The horse was maybe 30 yards away from me and nothing was happening with the horse. Like, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be experiencing right now, but this horse is 30 yards away from me, like not interested. And in my mind, I just started having a conversation with the horse, like, Willow, do you want to come near me? Willow, don't you want to interact with me? And Kaylin said, if it helps you to express what's going on, you can talk to me about what's going on. And so I told her that I was having a conversation with the horse and she said, stop right there. Like I told you to tune in to how you were feeling. And I was like, Ugh. well, now I feel like crying and screaming and yelling. <laughs> And she said, okay, good, do that. So that's what I did. I, the tears started to flow and I just was like, I can't remember the last time I've just been able to like yell at the top of my lungs in the middle of the outdoors. So I screamed very loud. And the minute I did that, Willow tuned into me, turned her head towards me and started walking towards me. And it was so wild to have this like very like, connected experience like the more you practice meditation or yoga and then for me in kundalini yoga like you just start to drop into yourself and you notice the mind and beyond just the surface level of the mind like you start to receive like very clear very clear thoughts about what I'm even just doing in this room or in this hour or I don't know answers that I just hadn't received before finding new ways to be with myself like I feel like my whole life I've always kind of treated it as a game as a video game as leapfrog but like kundalini it just gives you this creativity on a level that I haven't really hit before so yeah, I think it's just all an awareness of self and awareness of experience and yeah, an intelligence that on such a subtle level, like we are connected to everything. Like you can see that in the branches of the trees, the bronchioles of your lungs, like, yeah. So I feel pretty complete in this answer. <laughs> mm, yeah, I know. That's so good. And that's, I mean, when you were talking about how you started screaming, like that's so moving. Actually, it makes me kind of emotional. I like feel felt that in my body when you said that about, especially, I just think it's interesting kind of in the spiritual community or whatever it may be. There's sometimes spiritual bypassing of like, you know, we should always feel positive. And so for you to embrace your whatever you were feeling that was moving through you that made you want to cry and scream. And then to have the horse be attracted to that, which I would think it would actually want to go away. Cause maybe, you know, it's like, we interpret these emotions as bad. And so for the horse to be attracted to that pure expression, I don't even know what that means, but that kind of blows my mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is true. Like, I mean, even beyond the spiritual yoga community, I think we're all just kind of said to operate at this surface level of mm. just quiet, of quiet. And 
we're not meant to be quiet. Like we didn't come here without a voice. Like we came here with a voice. We came here with four limbs. We came here with a head. Like we came here with a presence that's bigger than prey. Like I'm like sitting in my room with my little bunnies and that even they are quiet. Like when they want to be heard, like they thump their feet on the ground. Like horses not as loud until they're running, but even on the most subtle level, it is loud, like. And so what is it about the horses that is, that makes them so attuned to other people's energy? Is it the horses in particular? Is it just animals in general? Yeah, well, horses are interesting because they have carried consciousness of humans throughout history like we think about how we have moved across the planet if it's not on our own two feet like we've moved by horses horses have been with us through war they have been through with us through migration they have been with us through the agricultural revolution they have i mean other than mycelium have literally seen the evolution of consciousness so I think it's not just horses. Horses are special in that they have witnessed all of that and been a very tactical part in our evolution as well. But they are prey animals and prey animals are so interesting. Like the horses in a herd definitely feel into each other's heart center and I think that's also why they're able to connect to humans on such a level like we think about like this Taurus field of our heart or if you've ever heard of heart math I don't know too much about it but a lot of people when they start talking about horses like you automatically hear a group of people who talk about heart math (laughs) yeah and um but when horses are in a herd like some horses are able to graze while other horses are really just like alert and thinking and they know when something is coming when they can feel the outer edge of the horses having a quicker heartbeat like they're so in tune that that's how subtle the alert system is like that they can feel that without having to say anything that oh something is coming within our field we know this because our horse friend over here is increasing its heart rate. Yeah, and I think like we as humans can feel that too if we're able to just really get quiet and feel. I think that we've just like over the evolution of technology and now being in this fourth revolution, we've just kind of been imploded with so much distraction that it is hard to just be yourself and listen but you can feel that when you're next to someone that you don't even know like you can feel their energy you can feel if they're on an okay level or if they're really moving through something or if they're elated or um yeah I don't really know what the start of the question was (laughs) Honestly, I don't know either at this point, but I'm like super interested by what you're saying. I have no idea what the question was either. But so do you think by, I'll give you a new one because I have no idea. So do you think by, wow, okay. I'm like having a moment right now. Do you think by tuning into by working with horses, by tuning into one's own energy, by maybe tuning into the energy of the horse, just through that practice, we can then kind of, like you said, we maybe cut off that part of ourselves that can, because there, you know, we all have that capability, like you said, to walk into a room and to instantly know what's going on. Is it tense? Can I, you know, is it thick in here? Does it feel light? Like you said, So through this work, are people able to tap back into that ability in themselves and apply that to other parts of their life? Is that kind of the goal or is the goal just that inward expression? Yeah, I don't, I don't really set a goal for my participants. Like I 
want them to come in with whatever intention they're coming in with. Is it awesome if that happens? Yeah, I had one woman, she's a mother, who was on my retreat, and she talked a lot about how well, it was interesting. I, I was the retreat location, well, where we do the horse work at, all of the horse work is done like beyond this hill. And so I came over the hill and I saw this woman running with the horse. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. I can't oh believe God. you're running with the horse. And afterwards, I told her how amazing it was. And she was like, yeah, what it taught me is that I don't have to be as aggressive to get what I want out of whoever I'm trying to work with whether it be my kids or my husband like I was able to get this 800 pound animal to run alongside me with literally doing nothing more than just keeping its attention like you don't say anything when you're in there you're just using your body and your energy maybe a flag to really keep their attention and she just talked a lot about how it was just really amazing to know that I don't have to be this aggressive, forceful me. Like I can achieve what I want to achieve in my household, even on a more quiet, subtle level, really. And you think about it in Kundalini Yoga, they talk a lot about there being 10 bodies and two of the bodies, the two bodies that leave at the same time at the hour of our death are our soul body and our subtle body. And those two things are closely related. Like when you really are tuned into your soul's purpose and who you are and what you're doing, or just really feeling in your experience, like everything responds. It seems like everything responds anyway. You notice that like, oh, wow. Like how is it that we manifested this awesome interview? Or how is it that I manifested just even my job at the horse barn like when you're really in tune with what you're doing like all of the subtleties just make their way to the surface and give it to you in a manner that was already meant for you you just have to be open to that experience so yeah I agree I think it goes both ways too like you said working to open yourself to just being open and accepting of those high vibe experiences, whether that be making a lot of money or manifesting a certain job or attracting a relationship or an experience like running with a freaking horse. And I think it goes the other way too, of like those days when we wake up and everything goes wrong. Like we're probably not in that open heart space where we're ready to accept goodness. You know, we're probably looking for the next crummy thing to roll around Mm -hmm. so it's interesting like you said you're talking about this energy and what it pulls in and it's like we are these poles that can essentially determine what happens in our life which is crazy and a lot of responsibility but also empowering yeah so Well, let's talk about your kundalini hikes. Do you still do those? I do still do those. I haven't done them in a while. I took last year off. It just felt like emotionally too much. The field out here was a little heightened with the cocoa. So I was just like, we're going to take a little break. But I have heard the call to do it again. So I'll do another one in November. And those are awesome. I just, I enjoy being outside. I think it's one of the, I mean, there's, I'm not really like a research girl, but definitely the studies don't lie about how important it is to be outside and be in green and be in fresh air. And I always feel better when I'm outside. It's my place of peace even if it's just sitting in the backyard looking up at the trees so I think it's really important to help people get outside because I also don't think people always especially here very close to Washington DC not a lot of people take the time to just get away from the day-to-day so yeah we just I 
depending on where we go, it's either a full day or a half day. And we start out the hike in quiet. And then once we make it to our yoga spot and we do the yoga, then we open it up for conversation. That way people can just have a good, I don't know, three to five miles of just peace with self and not worrying about like, I think a lot of people have a hard time being in quiet with other people. Like that silence is awkward, but to me, it is not awkward. Like I'm like, please more quiet. (laughs) We can know much about each other without saying anything. And yet conversation is really awesome too. So it gives people just a moment to kind of notice what is it like to be in silent? What are the sounds that I'm hearing? coming from Sweet Earth Mama, and then to have the yoga, and then to open up about the whole experience and connect on a communal level, because that's also really important right now, too. Like, we have social media, but it's impossible to carry a conversation over those platforms, and you can't really get to know you can't really get to know what's going on unless you're using your voice, but even then, like, people can re-record those things seven million times. So having it in now conversation, I think is something also that we're lacking given that we haven't really been able to be with our coworkers if you work in a job that you have coworkers in or yeah, or even going to yoga class here. Like we don't always get that right now. That's awesome. I love that. I didn't know that you did the hikes in silence for the, so how time-wise, how much time is that? I'd say it's around an hour. Mm. That sounds so refreshing. I think you're right. Like, and I can speak for myself on this too. Uh, I'm not comfortable with silence. Good for you for me. Have you always been like that? Or do you think it's something you've created through your practice? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like I remember as a kid, my family would always tell me how loud I was. Like I was such a loud kid. And I think I just heard that so much that eventually I just like started becoming more and more quiet. Like even Mm. in college, I noticed myself becoming more quiet, but honestly, I've just, I think throughout my travels and not really knowing a whole lot of people and just becoming an observer and especially an observer of myself, it's actually been more interesting to just be quiet and observe. And I also think a lot of people make a lot of assumptions about me. And so I've just always stayed quiet because like, well, you have your own idea of who I am. And if you just ask questions, I think you would be a little surprised otherwise. So That's <laughs> I kind of like the mystery of life, you know? <laughs> just let them think what they want. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny you say that too. With my Instagram kick right now, and I've been making all these reels, people that don't know me yet, they like assume the weirdest shit. Oh, I thought you were a da-da-da, but really you're a da-da-da. And I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, it's Instagram. Like, what do you expect? So, but yeah. it's kind of fun and there's to just. There's no depth there. Like, how can you know someone just from like a 10 second reel? <laughs> right, exactly. Or like posts, even if you follow someone for years, like, obviously that's not gonna, you know, give you, that's just that little sliver. So, but that kind of going back to that silence part, um and like you said you said something about listening to Pasha Mama Mm -hmm. and I was just on that retreat it was in the mountains in uh Mammoth and all the classes for the most part had really awesome DJs like Soul Rising was there like really awesome people where the music completely added to the class and on the last day, we did this 30 minute morning meditation, or it was an asana class, but it was really chill and there was no music. I felt like that was the first class where I was actually connecting to, cause all the classes were outside in these beautiful spaces. And I like was crying after that class. Cause I was like, holy shit, I've been practicing in this spot for this whole four days 
and this is the first time I connected to earth big could yeah. feel the the nutrients the love the you know it's kind of hard to explain in words that energy that presence um and I would not have felt that if that teacher chose to turn the music off and just have us practice in quiet yeah so yeah I think that's really cool that you do that and that's kind of brave too because that probably makes people uncomfortable at some point I'm sure at the end people are appreciative but I'm sure it makes some people a little uncomfortable because we're all so overstimulated nowadays yeah yeah I really just started it as a boundary for myself like because I started at sunrise hike and I was just like I'm just not ready for people to come at me with I don't know their questions or their conversations and so just to protect my own self I was just like gonna be quiet for this first hour I love and that everyone yeah. everyone that's like the mom that's like let's play the quiet game kids 100 percent. and actually I got really great feedback about it like um one of those people hired me for a private birthday hike and she was like can you please have us be quiet for the first little bit and I was like yeah so I think people appreciate it because we are whether it's podcasts or social media or music or just our own friends chatter just like it's good to just not have any sound other than what is going on inside your mind and what is going on outside in the nature and it's amazing what we receive during those moments too like that voice of intuition is so quiet and when we're constantly stimulated or you know when you take a moment to just get quiet it's crazy how much we can become sure of You know, we can tune into the body's response of like, should I go this way? Should I go this way? Yes or no? It's pretty clear, but you have to be quiet and still for at least a minute. Yeah. And then you have to practice it a lot because I'm sure if it's like your first time being quiet in a minute, like it can, it can be very overwhelming. I think it's why people don't necessarily always like to meditate because well, I think about like one of your reels. So it's like, I don't know where your mind goes when you're yeah. meditating. And it's just like, well, you got to clear all of that out until you get to the good, good. And even then, like, it's just, I mean, we've just been inundated with so much programming on so many different levels that it's going to take some time to get it out. Right. Well, speaking of meditation and like you said, you know, clearing out stuff before you get into the nitty gritty, someone asked this, a listener asked this, what does your daily practice look like? Yeah, well, I'll be honest. (laughs) My my daily practice is not the same every day. It's not the same every day. I... Well, it's also another reason I continue to choose Kundalini because Kundalini, you never know what kind of class you're walking into. So it's always different. I always need variety, but I think as long as I'm getting at least three minutes of breath work on a daily, I'd say that's about the most consistent that I get. Even if it's just quiet with my legs up the wall and just tuning into the sound of my own breath, like putting on noise canceling headphones and just listening to my inhale and my exhale and yeah, but it could be anything from three minutes of legs up the wall to who knows, 90 minutes of a Kriya that I'm just like, yeah, let's do it. I do have points in my life where I have done like your typical 40 day or 120 day meditation. And that takes some discipline. It takes some effort because you do kind of get in your head of like, oh, I got to get it in today or else I have to start the count over. But I think the most important not the most important, 
the thing that I do on a daily is connect to my breath and get outside, even if it's just to walk the dogs and no other purpose. I mean, that is the reason I got the dogs was to make sure that I got outside every day. So those are my two daily practices is breathe and be outside. Mm, that's so good. I, I feel like a lot of people think that a meditation practice has to be like 20 minutes or an hour or something like honestly that might be kind of like to consider but just like you said three minutes of legs up the wall and breathing consciously breathing that completely resets your nervous system your energy and that's enough some days like you Mm -hmm. said you know yeah, I wouldn't overcomplicate it. Like if you're starting out on this journey or if it's been a minute since you've been super disciplined, then just be compassionate and just say, all right, for these 10 days, I'm just going to meditate for three minutes, even if it's just alternate nostril breathing or laying on the ground and consciously breathing into your hands and then breathing out and feeling your hands come down. I think the simpler you can make it, the more successful you will feel. (laughs) Right. Totally. So if there's someone listening who is interested in Kundalini, but maybe they're a little confused or intimidated as well, what would you, what advice would you give for a newbie beginner in regards to Kundalini yoga? Yeah, well, I would say, I would say, well, here's where I started. I started with a book that was called Kundalini Yoga 101 by Shakta Kaur. And that book will give you the A to Z of the most basic thing that you could do. I think if you don't want to go and get a book, then I would just pick one Kriya and start there. I started with what's known as Surya Kriya. And you can always cut the times in half as long as you cut all of the times in half. So if you're going to cut the time for the first exercise in half, then you need to do that for all of them. And I would just start there. And if it feels like a Kriya is too much, then pick some type of breathing that you like to do. Just tune in, Om Namo Gurudev Namo, three times. Do your breath work, setting your timer for three minutes. I would say also get a timer that isn't your phone. Your phone is fine if that's all you got. Um, But it is nice to just completely be disconnected. And then you just end with your satnam. And that's where I would start. And find teachers that you love. Find teachers that you connect to. Find teachers who resonate with you. Because at the end of the day, like, you can teach yourself and that's the way to go, but it's always nice to have perspective from a variety of teachers that really sends a message that you honor and that you want to embody and that inspires you to keep showing up to class. So that would be my advice. Get a timer, maybe get a book, choose one thing and stick with it and try for 40 days. That's probably the most OG way of going about practicing the kundalinis is just picking a set of days and sticking with your practice for that amount of days. I will say too, like whenever I'm practicing kriyas in the moment, I kind of hate it, honestly, because it's hard. And like you said, there's that mental aspect because it gets, especially in the more active ones like Bastrika, Capo Balti, you're kind of like pushing yourself. But then after there's such a huge shift that it's delicious. I, I'm ready for the next one. So yeah, if you're a beginner and you try it and you're like, wait, this is gross. <laughs> Just suck it up and keep going too. <laughs> Yeah, my mom always used to have this phrase. She said, you can do anything for, it'd be like mostly in reference to like jobs. You can do anything for a year. I always tell myself, you can do anything for a minute. You can do anything for three minutes. Like, and then it's over. And then like you said, like victory, just feel awesome. It's crazy how much it shifts your energy. Like it makes it, yeah. It just, the shifts that I've seen in myself 
are pretty insane. It can, especially the the couple Balti with the hands up. Is that that one with the thumbs up? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that one makes me feel like a freaking Wall Street businessman energy. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's so powerful. Well, let's move on to the lightning round questions. And I haven't told you these. I don't know if you've listened before, but these are kind of like here and there. And um, feel free to take a moment, think about your answer, take your time answering. And the first one is, what is one message that you would tell your 13-year-old self if you could go back in time? It's going to be awesome. Keep your head up. Stay weird. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Stay weird. I like that. I was actually yeah. thinking yesterday at the gym, I was having this random thought. I think, I think everyone's weird, but I think that this we've, like you said, all the programming and conditioning, like we've been all forced I don't want to use words we, that we are all forced, but we're all influenced to fit in these little boxes, but we're all like, we're all weird. That's the normal. Like we're all weird and not like that box, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 13 was hard, yo. <laughs> 13 was hard. I remember I was just like, I was kind of fully picked on as a kid. So yeah. And I think the coolest part of like how we've come to just embrace the weird and that like that's what really makes us us and yeah everyone has that just stop there's no mold you <laughs> it, it is true it's what makes us interesting and different and makes us us is that weirdness yeah I like that Number two, what's the single biggest thing, in your opinion, that we can do as individuals to heal the world collectively? Mm. Well, heal ourselves. And how do we do that? I think just by breathing, by connecting to our breath and like being more conscious of it. There's, it's the most, well, it's the it's free resource <laughs> and it's literally what propels us and allows us to experience our, our experience. So I think that the deeper that you breathe, the deeper you heal on so many levels, on an epigenetic level, on a biological level, on a spiritual level because you think about breath like it is prana that is life force like essentially that is god you're just constantly connecting to the deepest part of you that allows you to be here i think the healthier you'll get because you're just having that time with self like yeah just spending time with the breath spending time with breath mm. I like how you say that our breath is God. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. I'm like going off topic in all of these, but we did a death meditation at the festival I was at. And in the meditation, you go through all the elements. So you fire, you know, is removed from your body and then the water and then earth and then air. And you kind of go through this experience of the breath leaving the body. And in that kind of moment of meditation of dying, I was like, holy shit, this is like literally what keeps us alive is, I mean, obviously on a physiological level, duh, but it's like you said, it's deeper than that. That's like, that is our life force, our energy, that divineness inside of us. And it's amazing that we can connect to it through connecting to the breath and the body. Yeah. It's so powerful. Okay, last one. 
What is your favorite or most powerful affirmation mantra, whatever it may be, that you have been using or that you are currently using? Hmm. Yeah, I think just the most, the most basic, I am. Or sat, those are the two that I use on a consistent basis. Sat means truth and non means name. So truth is my essence, truth is my identity. And it's like the most common in Kundalini, you inhale sat, exhale nam. And when I don't feel like my students can connect to that or I can connect to that, just a simple I am, like anything that comes after that is interesting to hear and to know and to receive. Um, but I am just brings it to simplicity. Like you don't, we are nothing and everything <laughs> all at once. Mm-hmm. And just like, I am, I am here. I am breathing. I am healing. I am relaxing. I am, I am. And is that the um, affirmation for the crown? chakra because I know they all have those affirmations like you know I what is it I speak I feel isn't that one for the crown I am I would think so but you know I don't know for sure I'm gonna look it up real quick (laughs) yeah that one's really good and it is interesting to see what comes after it like you said in that moment of stillness and meditation and just seeing what kind of arrives after that affirmation of I am yeah I am is the crown chakra bingo good job Callie thank you (laughs) got five points there okay so the final and probably the most important question So where can people find you on social media, website, whatever it may be? And what are your current offerings? What do you have coming up? Yeah, I haven't put, uh, I haven't put any new offerings up. My goal is to make it through this first Prana and Ponies retreat. And so soon I'll announce more Prana and Pony retreats for 2022. One hike for those in the Virginia area in November and you can find me at genevievejen.com, G-E-N-E-V-I-E-V-E-J-I-N.com. And on social media, I'm really only on Instagram. Instagram, it's innate.energy, I-N-N-E-R-G. And then I do have a Telegram page called Memes and Meditation that I update every so often, but <laughs> who knows, we'll do another cycle here soon. And I'll put all of that in the podcast description so people can find you. And are you teaching Kundalini or restorative in studio or on Zoom right now? Mm, I am not. I'm teaching, I am teaching in person at a studio called the Yoga Experience in Morton, Virginia. I teach a yoga basics class there, which is so many different things boiled into one hour experience it definitely has a kundalini vibe and i do try to work in all of the components of kundalini into the basic class even if it's just simply chanting om yeah and that's about all that i'm teaching right now that sounds interesting that yoga basics class yeah they uh it's a studio that does like a lot of different flavors like booty yoga and primal flow and lots of things where I feel that you need a little bit of yoga knowledge to do those classes safely and effectively and so we had just agreed that there should probably be a basics class and it helps those who are new to yoga have some type of intro into yoga and it also helps those who have been practicing just kind of have a deeper experience by just being more quiet, having a slower class and focusing on different themes, whether it's the eightfold path or different types of chanting or what is the difference between prana and apana. Yeah, I try to just give a well-rounded class for people to be at ease and 
not have something so high paced or off tradition. That's very conscious that you guys have created a class like that. Because I sure as hell did not have an introductory thing. I think, you know, many people are kind of thrown into the thick of it. And then everything you're saying is kind of worked backwards. So that's really cool that you're teaching that. And you have such a, a sweet, open spirit that I'm sure people appreciate you teaching that kind of level, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. I was a little nervous at first because some of my students, like they've taken like yoga teacher trainings and I'm like, how am I going to make this for you? But then I just had to remember that this is for the whole and that they're here because they love it. So I need not like worry about what I'm putting out there and just put it out there. Right. And you have so much knowledge too. Like a lot of the stuff you were saying, even when we were chatting about horses earlier, I was like, come again. <laughs> Cause I had never heard that. So I'm sure that people are constantly learning new things, no matter what their level. So, well, thank you for joining me. I'm, I'm so happy that you came and I honestly learned a lot um, about Kundalini and horses. So thank you for sharing your sweet calm grounding spirit and your wisdom and your knowledge buzz callie thank you for inviting me and thanks for all that you do for our community thank you thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the your own medicine podcast I hope you enjoyed what you heard, and if you did, feel free to rate and review the podcast, or feel free to share it on whatever social media platform you are on. I'm normally on Instagram and Facebook, and feel free to also send me a DM just letting me know what you thought of the episode, if you liked it, didn't like it, with any feedback you have to offer. And I will see you next week with a new episode of Your Own Medicine. Every Tuesday, a new one will be out. So until then, keep on healing and be your own medicine. Mm -hmm.